0: So it's closing night of the Capital Irish Film Festival, and I'm here with Mary-Therese Garvey, who was the producer on Atlantic. This is the first film that we've seen in the festival where crowdsourcing was instrumental in financing the film. As a producer, how does that work for you? And if you could just talk about crowdsourcing a little bit.
1: Sure. So I think most documentaries now you'll see are smaller kind of feature films. In the credits, you'll see about 500, 600 thank yous. That's crowdfunding. Um, So we went down the crowdfunding route because we just, in the beginning, found it really tough to get traditional funding. Um, Subsequently, we did, but kind of to begin with and to give us a boost, we went for crowdfunding. But what we found, as well as the financial aspect of it, we found that crowdfunding gave us an inbuilt audience so even before they saw a lot of footage you know we were asking people to hand over hard-earned cash and um, kind of pre-buy dvds and hang out with the crew these various incentives and we got 300 400 people that invested in us and in the film which was an enormous boost and it also gave us an audience so these were the people that showed up at screenings these are the people that were kind of sharing their experience of the film on facebook so it was brilliant, it, it's really, really hard work. We did two campaigns, um, probably a year between each campaign, and together we broke the crowdfunding record for documentary film in Ireland, which was quite cool, on fundit.com, the Irish equivalent of Kickstarter here. Um, so yeah, it was a positive experience, but a lot of work, a lot, a lot of work.
0: As a producer, how does that change the work that you have to do? Does it make your job easier, does it make it harder? And I'm always curious about all the incentives. It always feels like if you're giving all that stuff away, how do you ever make any money?
1: Sure. So for incentives, um, for your kind of second question, so pre-buy the DVD. So basically, we're going to be making the DVDs anyway and selling them. So this is just kind of like um, an advanced copy. Um, Other things like a lot of campaigns give away T-shirts, give away posters. Again, we were making those things anyway. So it was people just kind of buying them, I guess. And then a lot of things were experiences, so you could get to hang out with the crew, that kind of thing, get tickets to your local screening in the cinema, also get your name in the credits. It was kind of more than giving stuff away, it was making people feel part of the process and part of the production. And we just got a really positive feedback from people who wanted to be involved. And to be honest, like, we could not have made the film without the funded funding. So we could not have technically and literally and metaphorically speaking, made the film without those supporters.
0: The other thing that I noticed was at the end of the film, a nice little tagline about the power of story. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about film's ability to change the conversation. Obviously, a film like this, that's got to be part of the objective. So the power of story and changing the conversation.
1: So when I came on board first, and a lot of our audience didn't actually know this story. They didn't know the story of the Irish fishermen, especially as compared with Norway and, and with Newfoundland. So because not a lot of people knew about it, we were very keen on making it an actual relatable story. And what do relatable stories have in common? They have relatable characters, interesting characters, characters that you care about. Um, So we were very conscious about, you know, picking the right spokespeople for what we were trying to say in the film. We were keen as well that it wasn't going to be a news piece. So it wasn't just going to be people giving out. It wasn't just going to be kind of one dimensional fishermen, fisherwomen, you know, the marine biologist. Everybody was an interesting character, I hope, that came across in the film. And again, a relatable story. Everyone has a family. Everyone needs to provide for the family. What happens when you can't? Yeah, that kind of thing. So it wasn't newsy. It
0: was a story. What kind of impact do you think the film's going to have or has had already on the folks who are in charge of making these decisions?
1: Well, we hope it will have an impact, but we were kind of conscious as well that it wasn't going to be a campaign film so that it wasn't going to have an agenda, so that it wasn't going to be an angry kind of film. So we are asking audiences, you know, they can change the little things which have a massive impact, which then will hopefully trickle up. Like, ask where your food comes from, ask where your fish comes from. It is tough, spend a few extra bucks on getting Irish produce, stay in local B&Bs, that kind of thing. Again, then, if you feel so inclined, maybe write to your local politician. Say, I saw this great film. I just want to know more about the story. Those kind of things. We have a team working on a schools program. So we're getting the film screened in a lot of secondary schools for, like, history, geography classes and media classes. And again, in colleges. So it's kind of the young people as well out there finding out what's happening and asking loads of questions, putting it up on Facebook and then just gently hassle your local politician. <laughs> I think.
0: If you could talk a little bit about the value of film festivals and taking a film like Atlantic, bringing it to Capital Irish Film Festival.
1: So film festivals, for starters, are invaluable. There are a lot of films like ours that really wouldn't have a whole lot of places to go if it wasn't for film festivals. I think film festival audiences are really special because, I mean, they look at a program, they seek out films... It's not the same as sitting down on a Saturday night, it's cold outside, flicking through Netflix. You know, if you don't like the first 10 minutes of a film, you can switch over. You know, you get out and you make an effort when you're at cinema and even more so, I think, at a film festival. It's also a massive opportunity for us to engage with audiences like this, like the Q&As. We've had brilliant Q&As with Richie and other members of the team. So yeah, I think we just wouldn't be here without, literally, <laughs> be here without film festivals. I think they're an enormous part. And especially like Irish film festivals in the States. You know, the cultural exchange thing. I think film festivals are amazing. Yeah, we love them.
0: The value to a film like this of having somebody like Brendan Gleeson uh, do the VO. Yeah. Talk a little bit about getting him on board and why that's important.
1: Sure. So Brendan actually made a film a couple of years ago called The Grand Seduction that was filmed in Newfoundland, and it was about cricket team in Newfoundland. So when we approached him, he immediately said yes, which was amazing. And I think more than anything, we couldn't picture anybody else being the voice of the ocean. He gave it such a legitimacy and a weight, and I think he's trustworthy as well. So international audiences know the voice, they know the man. Yeah, we were really lucky to get him, and he's been amazingly supportive. Like in the beginning, he came to all the screenings, and you know, it was on radio debating the subject. It wasn't just the voice he lent. You know, he was engaged with the whole, um, with the film and the film subject as well. So, yeah, it was brilliant to get him. Very important for the film.
0: So the other thing that caught my eye, too, was the fact that there was a lot of really cool new production technology. A lot of underwater GoPros and yeah. drones, maybe, yeah. even. Yeah. So, so just talk about new production technology and the affordability of it, yeah. the importance of it.
1: So I'll talk about the affordability because that's the main thing in everybody's documentary um, film crew list to do. We used technologies that were available to us, put it that way. So Richie, the director, is a cameraman himself. So very familiar with camera equipment and he's an amazing cinematographer. So it meant we didn't have to hire somebody in. Um, For the footage, a lot of the the drone footage, there were these two incredible uh, Vega brothers in Norway and they do a lot of extreme sports photography and that kind of thing they very kindly offered their services Um, and the same in newfoundland we just found local talent that really wanted to come on board thought what we were doing was important so yeah and i think we were keen as well to not just be the people coming in filming the stuff we wanted local knowledge and we wanted to hire local people so yeah luckily The technology is moving so fast that even when Richie started off with this film nearly five years ago now, drones weren't as popular. We surely couldn't have afforded a drone, but in the space of the time we came to film with the drone, way more accessible, way more affordable, which was brilliant. Same goes for the GoPro stuff. That stuff is just out there and it's easy to access if you know how to use it. Luckily, everyone we got to use it knew how to use it.